Does your leadership inspire trust, passion, and action? Welcome to the Engaging Leader Podcast with Jesse Leahy, consultant, writer, and speaker. Jesse has helped executives engage hundreds of thousands of people. Join us now for principles to communicate, engage, and lead with greater impact. And I'm your co-host, Marty Leahy. That's right, Jess. And today we're going to be talking about why you and your business need to build true fans. That's right. We're going to be sharing some bad news, which is that in the new economy, customers aren't enough. You need true fans. But we'll also share good news, which is that you only need a finite number of true fans, probably less than you think. And we're going to be looking at the four types of customers, including true fans as well as how your employees can become super fans. And this is actually going to be part one of a, of a two-part series. Uh, so this time we're talking about the why and basically the what of true fans as a business model. And then next time we're going to talk about how to build true fans. Well, Jess, uh, why don't you start off by just uh, give us a description of what's meant by true fans. that a lot of people ask, a lot of business people ask, and it kind of goes like this. Sometimes I find myself trying to figure out how to get more clients to my consulting business and more listeners for this weekly podcast. And I imagine you have a similar type of question, how do you get more customers, right? Absolutely. It's, uh, isn't, doesn't every business uh, yearn for more customers? Majority of 
trying to widen that gap. You're cleaning seminars around the country and training that center. You're going to trade shows all over the country and the world and just get your name out there and growing that list, growing that list. And he said, no, we don't need 10,000 customers. We don't need 1,000. We just had 500. We just focused. And if we are now 500, we just looked at our customers and chose focus on the top 500 really build those relationships. We would have a great business and we would have a lot more fun. We would really be able to serve those people better and do what we do best. And so we started doing things like really providing free information to those customers. Not saying that it's me or anything, but really taking what they know and actually giving it away for free you know, whether they do business with us or not, I just want to help them. And when you found that I doing things like that, those customers really care that you special and started to really appreciate the special relationship they had that they had. And they went ahead and hired this firm anyway to do the heavy lifting, but they were interested in learning what we had there. Yeah, that's fascinating. I, that's something that we discovered in our business kind of in a little bit different way uh, some years back. And and it 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 started with I just sort of caught something in a in a marketing piece something to the effect of you know the best chance of of a customer walking through the door and spending money in your business is going to be somebody who's already an existing customer as opposed to a brand new person. Not that you want to ignore the brand new person, but it, it really opened up my eyes when I started thinking about what I invest in marketing. And, and and I really started to change my marketing strategy to one that focused more on existing customers than on new customers. You know, we, we have a new customer piece, but but I just realized that we have already a pretty good customer base. But why are we? Why don't we work on making that group happier and happier with their experience here? And that you know, I'll get a bigger take you know from that portion of the market than. Otherwise, wouldn't it's it's also you know a, a big enough take in in our case in our business, we sort of said a thousand customers that we would if we took a thousand people who we came to know on a first name basis practically and we, and we said those are our, our um, high value customers and we actually put them in a in a club called our Skyline Club and so that's one of our main marketing programs now is how how can we reach out and offer you know some value to our Skyline Club members and make sure that they just remain the most high-value uh, group of 1,000 customers. That's, that's a great way to start looking at it. Now, I wanna, and we're going to explore that a little more, but I want to just make something clear up front because a lot of our listeners are leaders and not necessarily marketers. And this, at first glance, sounds like a marketing topic, finding I just want to broaden this and take a step back and say this is truly about leaders. It's about doing what's right for your company and for your own career. So if, if you are listening so far and you think, oh, well, this is a marketing thing about finding customers, I have a job, a quote, inside job in my corporation. Let me just ask, uh, let me suggest that you as a professional and as a leader need to develop your own group for you personally, and what that would do for your long-term career 
Yeah, that kind of reminds me of the, the whole concept of, of, of uh, you know, becoming a free agent. Um, and, you know, in your business, I mean, even if you are leading your business or you started your business, you're obviously not a free agent. You're not going to walk away from your business, perhaps. But in in a business, I, I think of being a free agent as is no longer am I necessarily burdened by the fact that maybe my retail location isn't the best location. Maybe I'm not sitting in the best economy right now. Um, maybe I have other external factors that would otherwise make me think like I, I'm limited. Um, as a free agent, I mean, I have, if I've got these thousand customers that are true fans, I mean, they're not going to, they're going to, they're going to still be patronizing the business no matter where it sits or no matter what's going on around them. And, and I'm somewhat impervious to the bad economy. That's right. And if, when you have this true fan mindset or perspective, you the true fan glasses on as opposed to a product glasses or, or, or a quantity glasses, it's going to change how you communicate, it's going to change how you lead. And you, for example, you, you are going to still put in place some classic communication and marketing principles such as branding as well. Find out as we go along here in the conversation. Branding is a very important part of group bands because it's, it's setting the, it's sort of creating a first impression, of course, but it's also creating a promise. It's putting a, a promise out there that you can either fulfill or disappoint. Uh, it's creating an expectation. And so putting some of those principles into practice is going to be part of it. But it starts with the, the group band. Uh, perspective, which basically comes down to the idea that people matter most, and specifically relationships with people. And it's the quality of the relationships that's more important. It is more important than the quantity of the relationships. 
Well, that's, uh, I got to say, I'm getting pretty excited here. Uh, I think we need to learn a lot more about how to make people true fans. Yeah. And of course, we're going to get more into the specifics of that next time, but in the next episode. But first, I want to look at the four types of customers. And I'm going to do this because I, I want to just make sure that everybody realizes the the power that is in uh, that, that is in, uh, in a true fan. And then we're going to look at, and this is kind of about the opportunity that's there, but after we talk about the four types of customers, we're going to look at almost what's, what's the burning platform here, which is why you have to switch to the true fan perspective in the new economy, why you really can't do it the old way. So first of all, there's four types of customers, one of which, of course, is the true fan that we've been talking about. Number two is uh, what we call a lesser fan. This is all of your normal customers, ones that are, you know, occasionally, occasionally buy your stuff uh, or pay attention to what you have to say, plus your, what we would call your uh, regular customers, people that, for example, your restaurant that you see at least once a week probably. Uh, what would you define as a regular customer? Uh, how often do you usually do that? Probably once a week, uh, normally on the same day, the same time frame. You know, they might be a happy hour customer. Or they may always come in for live entertainment on a certain day or, or things of that nature. Okay. And then you would have even a loyal customer. And in a lot of businesses, that's somebody that they, they like you so much, they're not only just a regular customer, but they won't go anywhere else. But that's different than a true fan where a true fan is the rabid, evangelistic kind of fan. There's somebody that they can't stop. It's the slightest provocation. They're going to be telling somebody about your, your about what you do. For example, I never thought this would, this would be the case, but I am a, an iPhone group fan. And it, 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 that's the third smartphone that I've had. My first was a Windows phone, and it was pretty good. I actually resisted for a long time even getting that because I didn't want to be on 24-7. And that, but then I learned that ways to manage that. So it was, it was fine. And, and that, was, that Windows phone was okay. And then I went to a Palm, which was pretty good too, until HP bought Palm and they really quit supporting that phone. And so I started to see things quit working, apps, for example, quit working. And so when I got the iPhone, I had fairly low expectations, actually. And when I got it, it just from day one, it, first of all, it fulfilled all of my rather low expectations. It did all the bare minimum that I was hoping for. But then immediately it was going beyond that, and it was remarkable. I started to, wow, I could do that, too. And I quickly started to see that this little device was almost as powerful as my laptop, my full-powered laptop. I could do almost all that kind of stuff. But yet it was small and so, so portable that I could do so many more things. Well, I could take this when I go running and, and I could listen to podcasts while I'm running or I could, um, listen, I could actually even be in a conference calls while I was running if I didn't have a real active part. Or I could track how far I'm running and how fast I'm running and, and all sorts of things that was just uniquely possible because this thing was so small. So, and then I started to have that excitement and would, would talk about it to other people and actually started talking other people into being customers. Now, I don't own stock in Apple, 
I have no affiliation with Apple, but I am this walking ambassador for their iPhone and, and, and some of their other products too. So I, that's that's what I would call a true fan. Plus, and there's actually fans that are more rabid than I. There's fans that will buy every single iPhone as soon as it comes out. Yeah, whereas I'm going to wait two or three years between. I don't. I'm not so rabid like that. But there's just some people that it's it's part of their identity. They are. And I fan nut, and they love to talk about it. They're on communities, you know, like-minded people, and so that's the difference between a lesser fan and a true fan. Well, I think you know, I'm sure everybody can easily make the sports analogy here. I mean, let's face it, fan is probably used in sports more than anything. And I've listened in the past to some analysis of of you know, true, let's say, football fans. And in the same way, they, they don't have any financial interest whatsoever in a particular team, you know, a franchise team, let's say. Uh, yet they own every paraphernalia. They are truly uh, happy or, or their hopes are dashed when their team, you know, were to lose or a bad call. I mean, they take it almost personally. And, and what's really devastating to that kind of a true fan is when a team picks up and leaves town. Or you know, you know, like I, in our market, you know, we think about the Cleveland Browns, and there are still people that are deeply hurt that the team that they grew up and loved and and were a true fan of left town. Which means, number one, 
they know what's going on behind the scenes. So if they're telling your story to other people, they've got a lot of credibility because, and they're not just coming across as a salesperson. This is somebody who's talking to their friends and whatnot and saying, no, you got to go to Manhattan's restaurant. They, they, they are really great people there. That family that runs that is amazing. They really care about us. They care about the customers. They do things right. It's just a, it's like no other place to work. And when you hear, if you ever heard somebody talk like that, you, you really start to look at that business differently when they're a fan. And of course, being on your team means that true fandom that they have is going to come through in how they serve your customers and what goes into the, the, the product. Well, they're also, you know, an incredible positive influence on the rest of the team. Um, you know, and I, and I just, it's coincidentally, I was just thinking earlier today, really, um, in, in the beginning of my career when I, when I used to work at a large company and I was thinking about one of my old bosses and, and how much I, I really, now that I think about him, I, I appreciate the guy and I respect him and I still think he was a really cool guy. But I remembered that a couple of my coworkers were constantly behind the scenes belittling him, you know, making fun of kind of his mannerisms and things of that nature. And I, and I remember during that time working there, kind of thinking, well, he must not be a very good manager because these guys that, you know, were more seen, a little more senior than I was really don't have any respect for him. And, and I, I was just too young to really be my own person, I guess, and, and st- step up and be a leader because looking back, he was a very good leader. He had very positive impact on that particular operation. And, uh, you know, and so in, in, in their case, they were definitely not super fans. I mean, they were almost uh, killer fans you know, fan killers themselves on the inside and have really negative impact on the organization. Exactly. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, I mentioned earlier that there's kind of a burning platform going on here. And that's in the, because when you look at the, the traditional market versus the kind of the new economy that we're in today, the lens of true fans is absolutely critical. When when you look at how a leader gets followers or how a business gets, gets customers and how it used to happen, I kind of like to see a baseball metaphor and you, where you're trying to get the first base and trying to get the second base. So it's not just a metaphor that works for having sex. <laughs> It's developing all the work for developing our relationship with people. But it used to be, you, if, you, if you open up your restaurant, let's say, the first thing you wanted to do to get the first base was to just have a basic interaction with a potential customer. So get them to come to your place of business, and they may not spend any money. At least they're going to come check you out. Or if they do, it would be probably a low dollar spend. You know, they come to your hardware store and they just buy some screws or something. And then you were hoping to get them to second base, which is where they actually become a customer. They actually spend some chunk of change. And then from there, you wanted to get them to uh, third base and become a regular customer. And then home line would be where they were a loyal customer. They're never going to go to any other hardware store. Now, today, though, there's a lot more bases, and it's harder to get customers around, around them. And the first reason is because there's so much noise out there. There's so many messages. And so the first step that you actually, the best you can hope to do is to just catch somebody's attention. 
And that's where they're actually here of Manhattan in your example. Or they hear of you as a, a leader, you know, or maybe you've got a blog out there that hear about you, uh, or see your sign or something like that. And the, what they're going to do there, though, is not, is not so much come into your store, they are going to check out your brand. So the, the first thing you can do is get them to notice you, and then they're actually going to pay some attention to your brand. Maybe they'll come to your website or something and just get some sense for it, should I even waste my time? The second, and we're, so we're, so we're, at, we're at the first base yet. The second step beyond that is to get them to actually come and have the, some kind of interaction to get to what we would call previous we call first base. But before they do that, they're going to get some review type information about you. Uh, and and the, 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 what's new today that we didn't have in the traditional economy is there's so much more information than available. Why should I go all the way to your restaurant and potentially be disappointed when I and spend money and waste my time when instead I could go online and see what other people are already saying? Are, are most customers relatively satisfied or are they disappointed? So they're going to check out review information or referral information. There's tons of information out there. Finally, if that's okay, they're going to come and go to what we used to be first base and have that first interaction. And then uh, you can you can hopefully get them to the, the next step beyond that. But the problem now in today's economy is there's so many more competitors. So in addition to the noise and all the information, you've got lots of competition. And it's harder to get to the next step unless you're doing something that's remarkable. And doing something that's above and beyond. And then the, the, the other, the, the last thing that I want to mention that's so different about today is there's pretty much an unlimited number of products that are available. And so you've got a, what, what, what used to be a desire to at least get them to a, from a regular customer or a loyal customer, now because there's so many products available, the, and, and, and people, why should they become focused on you when there's all these choices that are out there? You know, it used to be when I was a kid, you had, three or four channels on television, ABC, NBC, CBS, and PBS. And now you've got hundreds of channels on cable, plus you've got Hulu and Netflix. There's just an unlimited choice there. So what happens is that people become organized into niches, and they may have belonged to have one or more niches. And I'm, like, I'm just a diehard fan of watching old reruns of the Andy Griffith show. And I love to chat with other Andy Griffith fans about that and talk about what Opie did in this episode. And, and I know every single episode, you know, they just get, they get focused on niches like that. And the, even the big companies have recognized that and have started to create, to, to really focus on these vertical sections of their niches. And so even though Amazon has an unlimited amount of products, they really start to interact with you and say, well, you, you bought this, maybe you like that too. So, so you can't just really hope that home run is a is a is a loyal customer. You got to really turn them into a true fan, which is look a lot like a niche customer with that kind of passion in there. So the traditional economy was much more product focused. Whether you're actually selling a product or a service, just call that generically a product. You're focusing on just putting a product out there. If you build it, they will come. And do that really well, you'll get them. 
The new economy really has to be about, as you said earlier, the relationships with people. People matter most, and it's the quality of the relationship that's more important than the quantity of the relationship. Okay, then, to, to kind of recap then, the burning platform today is that we're in a new economy, and you can't do a business the way we used to do it, or you'll be disappointed. You you have to invest in this idea of developing true fans if you're going to be successful in business. 